This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, Robin's Review. A 1-0 defeat at home to a good Ipswich side with some top talent, but City remained hard-working in the main and carved out several good opportunities. We got the ball on the line, but couldn't get it over the line as Harry Cornett came agonisingly close to getting an equaliser. City went toe-to-toe with a team now nine points ahead of Leeds, and you would probably say that was a better performance than Saturday. Lee's three words were just lacking quality. In his little synopsis, the work rate and attitude of this team cannot be questioned, in my opinion, but we are seeing a clear lack of top championship quality versus our opponents who are occupying these coveted top six slots. We are a mid-table team with mid-table qualities because we don't have the depth when injuries and suspensions happen as they do for every team. Matt, you were there last night and uh, we almost got the equaliser, but uh, not quite. Yeah, podcast over. Lee's summed it up brilliantly there, hasn't he? So, okay, um, thanks for yeah, joining us, I everybody. Mean, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we were trying to suck the ball in from Harry Cornick's chance um, near the end. Um, and it was a weird one because I thought we started really, really brightly for the first five, six minutes and was, was kind of looking and thinking, God, how, how are Ipswich where they are in the league, you know, in comparison to the point difference? Then they really started to get in the game. And it, interesting point, Patch, about the quality because they've got, players in there and a squad when you look at it that you see really a lot of sort of first division players players like Luongo was you know at Chef Wednesday QPR Swindon um, and so you, you don't necessarily look at a team full of quality but they've got huge impetus when they were on the ball they were excellent but I do think we afforded them a little bit too much room in key areas of the pitch but like exactly like you're saying we couldn't fault the work rate the effort they left everything out there, and sadly, our squad depth is is going to have an impact. You know, there's no two ways about it. Um, that's where it, it really starts to, to show. So, yeah, you can't you can't fault display. Arguably, you know, if we'd got a point, I think Ipswich will probably say on the second half and certainly last twenty minutes, maybe deserved. But I think overall, they had the, the greater quality and probably deserved the three points in my view. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's bring in our guest and it's a returning guest, former City player, Jason Eaton. Jason, you were there last night watching on and uh, yeah, the, uh, the the injuries are certainly piling up now. We've got uh, two centre-backs out injured, Atkinson and Viner, two right-backs, McCrory and Tanner, now Roberts to add to that and King, Naismith, Williams, Benaroos and Naki Wells. So uh, a, a great starting eleven there on the bench. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, I'll take my boots next time. When uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think you know it definitely showed last night when um, when we're looking to bring players on and who he's uh, who he's got to bring on for the injuries and you know there's there's a limited amount of squad players now that are going to change a game and I think that probably was evident last night that the lads that came on did really well but there's a shortage of lads to come on and make a difference to the team. Um, so it's you, know, you play playing players out of position, um, which is hard. They're doing a good job, but eventually they get found out. Players that play out of position, 
you know, you find over over a period of games, maybe one or two games, you can come in and do a job. But long term, I think it's it's really difficult for those players. And you know, it's they've done it incredibly well. Andy King comes in, does well, probably two games in a short period of time, maybe a little bit too much for him. But we don't really have a lot of choice um, from his point of view. Mm. Um, but they don't let us down, do they? The players come in, they do a good job. They get on with the game and um, we just, I think you said earlier, lacking a little bit of quality um, all the way through, really, to come into those positions. Yeah, absolutely. OK, we'll do our talk club check-in. Uh, Matt, how are you out of 10? We're on a, a Thursday lunchtime after yeah. the game last night. I'm, I'm probably a seven, mate. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed the game. I never I never liked defeats. Um and then when you've got a, a seven-side derby coming up as well, and they've had a four-nil in more injuries, you know, I'm not, I'm not overly looking forward to that one. But yeah, I'm, I'm probably a good seven, mate. I'm all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm an eight. I've had a productive morning this morning. Um, and as, as much as it was a defeat, as you say, I, I did enjoy the evening. I, I, I enjoyed seeing the, the level of effort and the, uh, the excitement, particularly in the second half. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to go for an eight. And Jason, how about yourself? Yeah. I think- before the game and going to the game, I was really excited about the game and how we were, you know, looking at fourth, fifth spot in the in the division. At half time, I could have probably been a four, <laughs> um, just with the way things are going. But after you know, after the game and you put everything in perspective, then you know, I, I quickly thought, you know, we didn't do bad in the end, and um, we showed much improvement when the two subs came on. Um, looking forward to going to Cardiff on Saturday. So um, I say. I, Probably be an eight now. Brilliant. Oh, good stuff. Glad to hear it. Okay, so the starting lineup then, Matt, it was essentially the team that played from the 37th minute onwards on Saturday. So we lined up Max, Sykes, uh, King, Dickie, Pring, and then James and, and TGH with Vyman, Knight, Bell, and then Conway. So uh, any surprises for you in that lineup? No, no, I think... Um because of how poorly we started against Coventry um, and then, you know, Jason Knight coming on, that change of sort of shape um, made a difference in that one. So I think it was, if all of those players were fit, that was going to be the starting lineup. Um, And it's the bench that you kind of then are starting to look at. Um, I think Nigel Pearson said in his press conference that it's only really Naki Wells that might be in with a chance of, of making the weekend. So you kind of go with what we've got other than as we'll talk about King's probably not going to be there and possibly even Hayden Roberts. So then, you know, you, you, you are really looking at youngsters or making further sort of positional changes. And like Jason said, you know, yes, we can, we could play Gardner Hickman at left back or right back and move Sykes across, but you don't want to be doing that. And maybe it is potentially a case where, You've got to give an opportunity to Duncan Idahan or Knight LaBelle and kind of almost not not sink or swim because they're youngsters, but give them a go, you know, and if they can thrive in that atmosphere, then that's only going to do them well. But yeah, I don't, I don't think there was any surprises patch in terms of the starting lineup. Jason, for you as a, as a young player at Ashton Gate, uh, Knight LaBelle on the bench, Duncan Idahan, players like that that have, that have excelled in, in the... Uh, in the youth setup, what do you think's going through their mind? Obviously, they're sat on the bench. They can see Andy King's, you know, come off. They're both both centre backs. Do you think they're thinking, right? Just get me on. Let me see what I can do. 
Yeah, and I think the, the lad James that came on as well probably wasn't expecting to come at that time, and um, he's come from nowhere really. I yeah. know, you know that that shocked seeing seeing his name on the bench, and for him to throw him in in that part of the game, you know, obviously we we were still chasing the game, shows that there is an opportunity for the youngsters, and you know, I think you know, they can. If they're not, if they're not going to get an opportunity, a better opportunity now because of the injuries, then you know when players come back, they're never going to get that opportunity. Being honest, it's um, you know you're seven players, then there's a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of competition. So I would think now good opportunity just to bed one of them in. You know, mm. there's no there's no reason why why he shouldn't. Um, nothing to lose. I know there's a derby game to lose, but being honest, you know he, he's got good players around him. So I think. You know, why not give him a go? Absolutely, yeah. Same, Matt. Your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I would, uh, I would put uh, Knight Lebel in on Saturday. I, I really would. Um, you know, we've we've seen other youngsters flourish, um, but I just think playing someone naturally, and and even with with James coming on last night, I've, I'm sure I read that he's more right sided than left. Yes. Yeah. Um, so even from that point of view, it's not natural, and you you kind of think just having someone natural there gives you a better balance to the side. Now, um, we talked about it, Patch, sort of separately, didn't we? Um, James took up some really, really good positions and the ball didn't get to him. Mm. Um, so, you know, they'd they need to look at that. But for me, absolutely, I would be putting one of the youngsters in um, rather than trying to shift around what we've got and making us unbalanced. Okay, right, let's get to uh, the minutes then. Okay, so into the second minute, Sam Bell cutting in from the left-hand side after TGH carries the ball forward, shoots right-footed on target, but at the keeper from some 25 yards. And Jason, that has to be a worldie to beat the keeper from there. Yeah, I know. It was a fast start, as you said earlier. So I think you know, if, um, the, the way we progressed at the start was thinking, right, we're going we're gonna to give it a good go here. And then... All of a sudden, it was you know we got the shot win, and since then it was they had they had the um, the impetus, didn't they? Mm. Straight away it was you know come on boys, let's uh, you know we need to get this this early goal. You know the crowd were up for it, weren't they at the start? Trying to silence three three thousand Ipswich fans, which the only way to do that at a home game, especially with the followings that are coming away with some teams at the moment, incredible, um, is to get on top of these teams. And once you start to sort of you know other team gets on top. It's it's a different game, especially at home at the moment. It's uh, you know everyone's a little bit nervous, aren't they? Especially when we're not creating a lot. Um, and then after that, we sort of sat back a little bit, um, and they started to take control. Yeah, Matt, it was a good start from City in the in the tenth minute. Vyman bursts forward, plays it out to Sykes on the right. He takes a touch. He crosses to Conway, who heads on target, but he just couldn't get sufficient power on it really to trouble the keeper. Yeah, it, it it was a really bright start. I thought we were playing some really good football. That chance, first off, um, and then obviously I'm, I'm at the other end of the pitch. Um, I'm kind of thinking Tommy will be disappointed, could have done more with it. But it, the sort of pace was coming away from him almost. And he's having to kind of generate it going back. Um, he gets it on target, but I mean, it's a, it's a comfortable save, isn't it, at the end of the day? Um, but as as I said, was a really bright start, and Ipswich weren't really offering very much at all at that stage. Absolutely. Well, they they certainly did in the next five minutes. Eleventh minute, second stop from Max O'Leary in as many minutes. The first shot was from distance that moved in the air from Chaplin, and then a more athletic save, Jason, required just after that from Luongo. 
yeah, no, I think, yeah, I've sort of got on the notes really about some of the saves that Max made and it was some similar positions that they got into. And um, Max, to be fair to him, did some, he, he saved quite a few from the right-hand side. Um, but they're, they're so dangerous, some of their some of their players and some of their forward play um, and some of their interlinking play as well. It looked as though sometimes they had five up front. Yeah. The, the, the four midfielders and the one lad up front, um, they, they sort of swap positions really well. Um, and they cause us so many problems pulling the yeah. centre backs out, um, and obviously that goes on to the goal of how that uh, came about. Yeah, I thought Matt. Chaplin bombing around in the middle was just all over the place when he was causing so many problems with his movement. Yeah. He was, he yeah. was, yeah. And uh, particularly Chaplin caught caught my eye. I thought it was um, Shakiri for for a, for a minute. The, the sort of the build. Yeah. Oh, oh, not the Colombian dancer. The no, not, not Shakira. Uh, no. Ah, sorry. Yeah, hips, yeah. It, but yeah. his hips didn't lie also. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, he just had that sort of, he was just tenacious, wasn't he? He yeah, was, he, and he, he hits the ball from anywhere as well. Um, yeah. He's one of those players, yeah. Uh, I, you watch him play and he, he, he knows where the other players are. So there's a couple yeah. of times he just, he, he had his back to the play and um, he he just whipped, whipped the ball round, and he knew oh, yes. it. I saw that pass. That was awesome. Yeah. Just like whipping one with his back to goal from from the halfway line. Yeah, no, fantastic. I think Jason's point as well about the, the forward Hurst was, I mean, his his hold up play and movement I thought was excellent. Um, and then in the middle, and, and I, I talked about Luanga, but Sam Morsi, who was at Wigan sort of previous years, um, you know, although he was sort of fairly deep was still getting forward. And I just felt their mid- midfield movement as well. There were always angles and options that, that that were there. They were always receiving the ball on the turn and on the move. And we just kind of, yeah, I, I think, again, the midfield battle in that those stages of the, of the game there, we, we were just second best. I think they switched, they switched play, didn't they? So, yeah. so the, the, the big lad would move, come back into into the middle and then someone else would take that position up. And I think that's where we used when, when we were on form and players were swapping over, I think that's what we were good at yeah. players moving into different positions. And they were playing, as I said earlier, as a, you know, you've got your four midfielders, it seemed one up front for them or five. Midfield, and, and they were at times looking as though they did have five attacking players. So there's always an option for them. Yeah, into the 15th minute, Taylor Gardner-Hickman and Pring both getting in great blocks, in, uh, but the danger wasn't cleared. Then a quick triangle in build-up play from Ipswich, and the shot comes in from 18 yards out from Broadhead with real pace and beats Max O'Leary, and we're 1-0 down, Matt. And after a good start, 15th minute, we find ourselves one goal down. And, uh, yeah, looking back at that, it... It does hit. It is hit with pace. Does zip along the surface, but Max should be getting his arm down to the ground and 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 saving that. Yeah, I, I don't want to be overly critical of Max because he he made a couple of good saves before that, and then in the second half as well. But he, he almost tried, and it, obviously it's it's at my end of the pitch. He almost tried to kind of flick it. Yeah, with his save, he didn't kind of go with a strong arm look to push it wide like he did with the one that was earlier from Luonga. Um, but I would also say the space that Ipswich were afforded, um, whether Matty James got dragged out, Jason Knight didn't see his man, Andy Vyman didn't see the man. I've not watched it back to, to see potentially he was at fault, but he was given so much room to kind of stride forward and hit the shot. And you're right, Patrick was hit with power. It did zip, you know, on a, on a, a 
a, a zippy wet sort of surface but yeah max has to save it it's not out of his reach you know it's it's one that he's got to save in and he he looked like he was trying to be a little bit too clever and i, I probably don't mean it like that but just i know yeah, what you mean i know what you mean strong hand yeah but jason that build-up play that was it was that triangle if you watch the replay was so quick and he takes one touch gets his shot away and it's in yeah it was um it was into the big man again wasn't it up front so yeah. played it into the big man and he knew exactly where the midfielder runner was and um i couldn't believe the space that was what we just alluded to the space you know you don't really see that very often yeah. having that yeah. much space and really he could have put it left or right of max and you know he did put it quite straight to him but yeah it should have done better but you know the the space he got and if you look it back, Taylor Hickman probably could have get across as well. So he was coming from the other side. There was just no one near him. And whether that's the midfield or the defenders, I just think sometimes you get undone by some clever play. And um, that was that was it. That was their movement that sort of got us undone, really. He's um he's got a good breeding, hasn't he? George Hurst up front. <laughs> His dad knew where the goal was. So was oh, that David? Um, David. Yeah, it's Dave Hurst lads. Yeah, um, right. and he was. I'm pretty sure he was on loan at Blackburn last season, mm. um, and didn't set the world alight. But I th- I thought he looked excellent last night and showed again. You can have a big, tall target man player who's very very mobile yeah. and gives you options into feet, and it's not all about long ball, is it? So yeah, they played it really well. Yeah. 26 minute Taylor Gordon Hickman takes the ball on cuts inside on his right foot it results in the keeper tipping it over uh I thought I thought he had a good game last night TGH Jason he's um he's someone who's had to play right back and now he's playing in that midfield and hopefully that kind of continues with the injuries that we've got but uh he carried the ball forward well and good to see him getting shot away as well yeah he's got he's really fit lad and he? he's got a really good engine on him and he um and that was uh, that was impressive actually to get that far forward. And I think as the game went on, he he got stronger and stronger, and um, started to pick up a lot more of the ball, um, especially in deeper positions. Um, and I think, yeah, he's you know another one that's probably I don't know what his best position is. He stepped in at the back, played right back, um, and then worked out that he's playing really well in midfield. So I think you know at the moment with the way we are, then you know he's got a, he's got a position there and. Um, I think with his energy, his final ball, I was really impressed. And I think he's getting better game by game. Yeah, absolutely. He only got didn't get many minutes at West Brom, Matt, did he? And he's come in and he's he's obviously starting a few games for us now. Um and then from that corner, it, it's uh it comes out to Matty James, who hits one from distance, uh, but that was blocked. But yeah, just your thoughts on on TGH so far and and that opportunity. I think it's difficult when you're playing in a couple of positions and especially at a new club. Um, I thought he really grew into the game last night um, and really at the end of the game and, and I've seen was, was awarded the man of the match. Um, and, you know, I think there were a couple of other candidates as well, but no, no issue with it whatsoever. Um, I, I like him and I think he needs to have a little bit of a run in the side now in that position and, and probably because of injuries, he will do. Um, it just needs some sometimes goes perhaps for a ball that's a little bit ambitious. But again, you don't want to be critical of that because he's trying to switch the play or find, you know, that that kind of pass. But no, I thought it was a really a really good performance from him, um, in particular in the second half. He's got real energy about him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh then the moment comes, Jason. It's almost a carbon copy of the position and the time from Coventry 
uh, game where, where Dickey scored. It was Bell drawing the foul with some good work just on the left-hand side. And it's another great Taylor Gardner-Hickman delivery from the same spot, as I said. Uh, but Ipswich do deal with this one. But that was a real moment of, right, here we go. Yeah, I think it was probably one of the first moments we did well down the left side with Cam, you know, breaking forward, playing um, Sam in. And then, you know, all of a sudden, like the crowd lifts and we get, you know, further down the pitch, get a foul. And uh, I think, right, here we go. But yeah, it came to nothing in the end. But it was it was a good opportunity. I think from that time, we think I was thinking, right, let's get that left working a little bit better because those two, you know, are very dangerous. Cam and um, Sam, and they, they worked really well together. Um, and I think that was probably, for me, probably the best break of the game up to that point for us. 45th minute, Matt Ipswich break with pace. Cross comes in and Andy King half clears and then Morsi from distance spanks one and it hits the post. So, uh, so yeah, we get away with that and go in at 1-0. Yeah. Um, Kingy was was disappointed with his, his clearance. Um, you know, it's just one of those, he just didn't catch it right. Um, and and Morsi's scored a goal like that against us in the past for Wigan. Um, from distance, you know, he has got that in his locker. Um, it beat Max all end up. So we, yeah, we, let's, let's be completely honest about it. We were lucky to be going in at one nil really from, from an Ipswich point of view with the, the amount of ball that they had. Um, so yeah, we, we were all saying around us, we'll take that. We can reset, look to see what we can do second half. So, yeah. Okay. The first uh, first half summary from Rob Blamey, our bespoke quizzes. Here we go. The intensity was great for the first 10 minutes, pressing really well as a unit. We then just eased off a little bit, and that was enough for us to give Ipswich a foothold. Not for the first time, they engineered a pocket of space and got a shot away. On first viewing, it looked like it went through Max for a goal. I'm sure he'll feel he could have done better. We've continued to compete, but their passing, moving and incisiveness overall is greater than ours. We don't look as composed and play too many balls into areas where they appear more purposeful. They look to be very well coached and play well to a plan and belief. We haven't been particularly bad, but not as good as they have been. Knight has played well and Sykes too, but I prefer him in a more advanced role, which can be achieved by moving TGH to right back and Weimann into the number 10, maintain the effort, and with a little more composure in possession, they could still be a route back into this game for us yet. Matt, your thoughts on that summation? Um... Some of it, yeah, I agree with. Um, I, I think actually we proved we didn't need to make the changes because I think the second half, TGH, you know, we were far better where he was in midfield. Um, I get the point around the quality, but but as I say, when you've got the players that we've got that are missing um, and players playing in positions that they're not overly familiar with, that is just going to be the case. Plus you're playing a side that is very, very confident I don't think they'd lost the game away from home this season. Um, you know, they're, 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 they've got real impetus that they've carried forward from their promotion last year. So, yeah, I mean, I think, think fair comment, but um, I think it was a little bit, as I say, first 10 minutes we were great. And then I think Ipswich started to show their quality. I'm not sure we dropped off necessarily. Jason, I thought you're going to chip in there. Yeah, I, I think the last comment that the gentleman made was about moving players around. I don't think he's been called a gentleman before. I was literally <laughs> going to say he's no gentleman, but that's, that's, not, that's, not, that's not fair. I haven't, I haven't met him yet. <laughs> um, very, very good. 
But um, yeah, just about the moving of positions. I think one thing I sort of note, noted down was the lack of creativity on the right side mm. as we lose um, Sykes with that forward movement and the ability to pick out crosses and passes from playing further forward. Um, so I think that's one thing that Andy Wyman doesn't do as well. You know, Andy wants to cut in quite a bit from the right side, isn't comfortable to take players on the way that um, Sykesy is. So I would say if we could find someone as a as a right back, it would be nice to push Sykes a little bit further forward. But we're mm. not in that position at the moment that we can do that. So it's all nice to say these things, but we just don't have the personnel to be able to do that. It, it's um, interesting, yeah. Jace, because I think Nelson um, on the bench is a, is a right yeah. back potentially right wing back maybe more but again yeah. I think potentially you've got to look at that haven't you because you yeah. want to keep Sykes although he was excellent I thought last night when he he, he moved you know in, in that position but you want him at the pitch don't you yeah. um, and Andy Vyman just I, I think for 20 minutes last night um, it was like he wasn't even on the pitch you just didn't notice him at all and what, what no, because like... he's always trying to come inside and you know as you say Sykes is 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 more wing wing minded yeah. Um and on Sykes as well. I I thought last night he just seemed to have an extra few miles an hour in the pace. He just seemed a lot quicker, Jason, didn't he? Yeah, I think yeah he's I don't know he, he's obviously confident, a lot more confident um, now because he's obviously being used in positions and you know he's been asked to do a job, so he knows that he can fill in right back. He's going to get a position um, as a forward as a, as part of the front three. So I think he's in he's in a good place probably in his own mind and confidence wise. Um, but, you know, you see some of the attacks that he did yesterday and, you know, when he, when he clipped that one for Tommy in the early, in the early moments of the game, that's what he does. And that's what he does well. And if we don't, we haven't got that ability to get those crosses in Tommy, you know, Tommy lacked yesterday. I was a bit disappointed with him, I suppose, because he, he looked as though he was out muscled a little bit by the centre half because yeah. he wasn't, getting the right balls played into him. You know, he scored a lot of his goals from players crossing it in early and him getting across defenders. And if he doesn't get an opportunity to do that, then, you know, he's not going to get those goals. He's not going to outmuscle defenders. He's he's quick. He's coming back from injury, you know, so it's going to take him a little bit more time. But I just didn't think we played to his strengths at all yesterday and probably the game before either. Um, yeah. So I think that's what we miss um, is that is that winger. If we're playing three up front, we need those wingers to be able to create something for us, um, and it's and it's difficult. You know, they, I think they the didn't give him a lot of time, Matt, did they? On the ball, Tommy, yeah, yesterday, Ipswich were straight onto him. You know, that if you look at those goals, particularly the first goal up at Rotherham, he he picked up the ball. He had time to think about what he's going to do. Turn inside, have that shot, flies in. Um, but Ipswich were just all over him yesterday. They had they've got big units at the back, haven't they? Um, and I think Tommy's physicality has has improved with with age and the time that he was out. He worked on his his kind of upper body in that. But I, I read an interesting sort of piece from James Piercy this morning um, at Bristol Live that a lot of Tommy's goals last season were in the two with Naki Wells. Yeah, and obviously the goals he scored this season were playing in that ten. So playing that that kind of central striker, and when you're not getting close to him in providing the support, it 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 isn't necessarily his game, is it? He, I mean, other than the header and potentially when, and Cornick's chance that we'll talk about, it, he was kind of in and around it. He didn't really have 
much going for him last night, did he? Well, we'll come on to the, the free kick, but yeah, apart mm. from that. Um, I thought, sorry, I thought I thought we looked a little bit lightweight first half. I yeah. thought we, you know, they, they cleared everything. The, the, the forward line just got a bit bullied, I think. Yeah. And we didn't get enough. That, uh, uh, I mean, I love Sam Bell and, and Sam was bright last night, but he didn't beat the first man with a lot of his crosses um, or, you know, we had crosses that got over hit. So again, the quality into the, the middle wasn't great, but um, when you compare their movement, Hurst's movement, chalk and cheese, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. What do you think about Saturday, Matt? Obviously we'll come on to it a bit later, but whilst we're talking about it, if, if we say Tommy plays in the 10 and Wells isn't fit, what about putting Vyman up front? It's a difficult one. Um, I mean, Cornick will come into the equation because of his his cameo last night. Um, there's talk this morning that potentially Tommy will be rested because of coming back from an injury and playing three games so quickly, um, which, you know, he absolutely wouldn't want to. And Jason's probably best to ask on that, that, you know, what the last thing you want is for him to get another injury because he's played too many minutes. And is that a thing, Jason? You know, it, w- would you be resting him because of coming back as after such a long kind of break? Probably seeing in the game last night and him not being probably 100% on it. Come the end, he was, he was, you know, he needed to be taken off being on yeah. it. I watched him, you know, he was, he didn't have any runs left in him at the end. So, you know, there, there's a, there's a problem there that, you know, he didn't have anyone that he wanted to push forward with him. Um, or we don't trust anyone else to bring off the bench at that time. Um, but I I just think like, perhaps your comment about putting Andy Wyman up front and, you know, the we spoke earlier, the best time that Andy Wyman scored the goals was when he was playing up front. We had 21 goals or whatever from that season, you know, and he doesn't even look as though he's going to score at the moment. So we're wasting the opportunity with him at the moment, I feel. You know, he, he he's on the right. He cuts in quite a lot, as you said, and his run automatically is to get um, get to the forward position as quickly as he can, central. Uh, and I think that's just his game. Um, and I think at the moment, it's not getting the best out of him. Definitely. Okay. With well, um, sorry, Patch. With with yeah. Cardiff coming up, Jace. Mm. Would you? He's got great memories at Cardiff, and we we talked about it to him last week. Mm. Would that come into mind as well as a player that you know I've had success there? Give me that kind of opportunity. I think, I think sometimes players, you know, you look at their goal ratios at certain grounds, and they they thrive, don't they? As mm. you said, it's um. You know, he's he's obviously quite confident to to play there, and it does bring back good memories. So, why not give him that opportunity? Um, I don't think he will get the opportunity, being yeah. honest. But you know, I think from a supporter's point of view, I think we tend to see quite a bit, and uh, we've got I know we've got our own opinions, but you know, some of those opinions I think don't sort of transfer down, do they? And yeah. um, and and I think yeah, it'd be good to get go with him a bit more centrally. We, we've got nothing to lose. It's like the I think the excuse on the weekend will be, you know, we've got a bit of a free hit with all the injuries. You yeah. just think that, you know, if we lose, it's going to be, we've got lots of injuries. That's why we've lost the game. If we win, it's a masterclass, isn't it, of yeah. what he's done. So I think, you know, he has, has to have a real good think about it because what we've got to bring from the bench, you know, Mimetti is obviously not going to get a game, you wouldn't think. Um, so he's he's juggling around with probably 12 players. At the moment, for eleven positions, um, if Naki Wells isn't fit, 
it does make you think about Mimetti as well, doesn't it? That if he's not getting any minutes at the moment, mm. you know, <laughs> I worry that come January he may, he may very well be a player that um, will will look to move on and get a loan somewhere because he's just not featuring whatsoever, is he? It's really odd that, isn't it? He started yeah. he started you know really well the the, yep. the 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 technique on his crosses the 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 you know he was a threat absolute threat and then he sort of drifted into the background a little bit i was so surprised to see him not it, come on for for me i would be starting him over andy Vyman on the right side on the weekend if we're going with that sort of shape yeah. and sykes not being there um i prefer sykes going forward but you know i, I love andy Vyman, um but i think there just isn't a position that's suiting him at the moment. Mm. Um, and we need to change it. You need to give a different option. And Mimeti gives you a different option. Okay, into the second half then. 47th minute. Another great save from Max O'Leary. Strong hand after Vyman tries to prevent the shot. But it uh, comes away from Leif Davis. And uh, and yeah, we I think it's the fourth good save, if not great save, that Max made in the game, Jason. Yeah, I think obviously we criticised Max for um, for the one that uh, got away, but you know this this time again it was um, yeah he was strong, wasn't he? Strong hands and he got the ball away. Um, but yeah, no, bit of a poor start for us really. Mm. Um, but yeah, again we we rely on Max and probably don't talk as much about some of the good stuff that he does. Um, you know, at the moment it's always a little bit about the the negative stuff, isn't it? Unfortunately. Yeah, 48th minute, it's a long ball over the top and Max O'Leary and Rob Dickey combined to smash Ipswich's hearse to the ground and then Chaplin with an open goal from distance hits well over. But Matt, that was a nervous moment. I could see Max coming, charging towards Hurst and Rob Dickey was there as well. And yeah, he ends up in a pile on the floor, poor old Hurst. Yeah, the, the save before, was that the one where he'd come a little bit no man's land and got back and then got the strong left hand to it. Yeah. And then you then had him sort of going for that header. And I was thinking, Oh God, he's kind of a little bit, <laughs> where am I at the moment? Um, we were debating if it was a defender, is it a free kick? Um, mm. I don't know, but I, I quite like to see Max, at least he anticipates it and he's brave from that point of view, isn't he? But yeah. Um, yeah, we did. We probably got away with it with the the Chaplin one because I don't think the ref stopped the play at all, even though it looked well. No. It was clearly a, a head injury. So. Well, from what I'd seen from Chaplin so far that game, I thought, oh, this is in. Yeah, and like I said, he, he he loves to shoot from distance as well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I was exactly the same as you. Sixty first minute, Jason Bell down the right hand side. Good interplay inside tonight. Little jink, and he's brought down just on the edge of the box, literally on the edge of the box. And uh, Conway's free kick is hard and low, but the keeper saves. Yeah, I think that was our opportunity, wasn't it, to get back in the game? A real decent um, break from the back, nice and quick and sharp, as we, you know, as we probably saw the Ipswich players do, um, and then. Yeah, just disappointing, wasn't it? It was like, right, you need to, you know, whip it in. But it was tame, to be honest. Didn't give the keeper anything to do. Um, and that was a good opportunity to probably get back in the game um, or have a better effort on goal. But yeah, I was disappointed with that, really, because that was, you know, the, the, one of the only breaks that we do have. We uh, We waste that opportunity. I, I was actually pleased to see Tommy take that one, Max. I thought I don't want to see this one floated in or um, position. I I 
I thought smashing it was the right thing to do from that distance. But yeah, just unfortunately, it was at the keeper. It was keeper's side, wasn't it? That was that was the only thing with it, really. Um, I, I don't mind Tommy taking it. Um, I was surprised Gardner Hickman didn't because I think he's more of a dead ball kind of specialist, if you like. Um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't have an issue with with Tommy taking it. It was just I I felt again it was at our end in the south stand. It probably needed like that little clip dink over the wall to the other side Which of the is a really it. hard really technique. hard especially from where it was i mean initially we're thinking it's all a penalty because it looked like you know he was in the area but i think it was the right decision but we weren't even convinced the wall was back far enough so it would have been okay. even more difficult um but you know it it was on target with pace you know that sometimes that's kind of all you can ask for and it does keep yeah. the spills it following in it's in the back of the net so yeah Good to see that from Jason Knight as well, Jason, though. It's um, something we want to see more of is him operating like that on the edge of the box. Yeah, no, he's he's got he's got great engine, hasn't he? So he's um he's all around the pitch, Jason. And um he he's one of those players, he's he can do everything, can't he? He's yeah. um, you know, he he's chipped in with a few goals as well. Um, I think out of the three of them, they just need to sort of obviously playing together will help them a lot more, but you know. Um, they they need to get a formation and who who goes forward, who stays back, mm. um, and I think that's probably by playing together a little bit more. I think they'll get that um, organization between the three of them. Um, but I'd like to see him just get forward because I I think the goals we need to create a little bit more from midfield. We we rely we do rely on the strikers to score the goals, but I think midfield need to chip in as well a little bit more. We're looking for someone else to to come up with a few goals. Um, especially if we, you know, we don't have that twenty goal a season scorer at the moment. Okay, um, so sixty fifth minute, the the ball comes over the top, and Andy King gets gets the better of the striker and passes it back to Max O'Leary, and it's cleared. But uh, during that burst of 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 uh, pace, King does pull a hamstring by the looks of it, and uh, Roberts has to come on, and Pring comes into centre back, Matt. Yeah, I don't know whether it was a case of he felt his hamstring. I think that's what Nigel Pearson has kind of said. So whether it was a, a pull or a tear or I don't know. I mean, he, he, he seemed to walk off relatively okay, mm. not, you know, limping terribly or in lots of pain. So, you know, it's probably one again that maybe not playing many games over the last few seasons um, and playing a couple of games in quick succession in physical games. Um, hopefully it is just he felt, you know, felt something and with a, a rest, it might only be a week or so. Um, but gave Hayden Roberts an opportunity to then come on and see what he could then do. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 70th minute, uh, a change was definitely needed. It's something that um, you're getting Yeboah, particularly on the pitch and, and Harry Cornick. So Yeboah and Cornick come on, Vyman and Bell come off. Jason, your thoughts on the substitution? Um, yeah, I think it was, it was time that it was needed, wasn't it? It just injected a little bit of pace um, into the team, especially with Yabba. Um, And I think, you know, Harry Cornick, when he comes on in games, he sort of, you know, he looks a different player <laughs> when he comes on um, to when he starts. It's, you know, he, he looked he looked really sharp last night, I thought, Harry Cornick. Um, just helped, helped hold the ball up, you know, made the defenders think a little bit more. Um, and with Yabba, you know, raw pace, 
Uh, needs to sort of slow down a little bit, I think, sometimes. But his enthusiasm lifts everyone. And I think that, yeah, sort of, that gig gave the whole crowd a lift, didn't it? And that's when the crowd started to sort of get, get behind the team a little bit because they wanted to see a little bit more attacking stuff. And and with the two of them, you couldn't fault it, really. It's, you know, Cornick, unfortunate, obviously, with the with the shot, which I'm sure we'll go on to. But, you know, I, I think you can't knock his attitude, Cornick. He had a bit of stick when he first came. Um, but... I think people sort of he's one they love to hate, isn't he? You know, he's uh, you know, people sing about him and um, you know, I think he's you know, he probably deserves a, a chance every now and again. But same with strikers, and you know, you, you need to run a games. And I think yeah. saying about Gardner Hickman having a run of games, I think Cornick probably needs a run of games. He'll live on confidence, but some of the things he does, you think you understand why he was playing at the level he was, um, sometimes, and I think. We haven't probably seen the best out of him, but in glimpses, I think he's uh, he can be a sort of a match winner for us. I think he's another one that would benefit from being up front in a two as well, Harry Cornick. Um, but just on your bow, yes. Matt, I thought, uh, you know, he comes on, you know, he's going to get about the pitch. That some of the some of the the balls that he reached so down in the corner of the south stand, he kind of had no right to get to, but he gets to them, keeps it in play, and and, and we're back on the attack. It was interesting seeing him coming on the left as well, because he's obviously featured mainly on the right. Um, but, you know, we, we've talked about it and Jason said there, his enthusiasm, his pace is always going to cause problems. I think in the latter stages of games, it you know, when defenders have, have played 65, 70 minutes, his pace also causes problems. I personally don't think he's ready to start games at the moment, um, because I think, you know, he, he he kind of just just runs, doesn't he? And and sometimes loses his shape. In fairness to him, he was making tackles at the other end of the pitch, right at the, the, the Left kind back, of corner flag. Back. Yeah, yeah, all over yeah. the place. <laughs> you know, he's he's kind of all over over the place from that point of view. Um, but I do like him. I think the Harry Cornick sort of discussion we know, um, you know, from some of our chats. Some fans just aren't having Harry Cornick whatsoever. Think there's no quality there. Um, and you know that that doesn't really offer enough um, from from that perspective. I personally think that um, when he does come on, and, and probably more, you know, your point again, Jason, coming on looking a different player than when he starts. But you couldn't have faulted him last night for the twenty minutes. In no. you know, even from a, a quality point of view, you know, we we talked about the ball into the strikers wasn't great, but he still made things happen. He he was linking things up. Um, I thought Sykes got forward an awful lot as well um, in that kind of period. Was caught by a couple of really nasty late challenges and, you know, was, was causing problems. But yeah, Yeboah, um, I think we'll see the best of him in a season or two, hopefully, um, because it's an age thing and he needs to learn. But you can't fault his effort. He probably just needs one to hit him on the backside, a little bit like Semenyo. Um, needs that first goal, and I think then his confidence levels will will up again. So I like him. I do. I do like Yabara, and it gets the crowd going. And interesting on the Cornick chant, he was actually stood in the penalty area when we were waiting for a I don't know if it's a corner or a free kick. And as the chants going round, you can see him tapping his leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. In tune with it. So yeah. Uh, brilliant. Okay, seventy second minute. TJH brings it forward, pirouettes and wins a free kick. Another excellent delivery from him, um, and Dicky heads over. So another opportunity there, Matt. It's that TGH to Dicky combination again. Yeah, and but at first look, I'm thinking, well, it's a corner, but 
the ref kind of didn't give it. But Rob Dickey, I thought, was was excellent again last night and was causing problems with, you know, both, not problems at our end of the pitch, but at the other end of the pitch. Um, and, and TJ's delivery was on the money again, wasn't it? Yeah. 76 minute chance for Cornick. Is it over the line? Is it not? It's not, unfortunately. It's not. It was, um, yeah, it was. He did really well. He got a, he got the shot away, came back out, and then I don't know what the Ipswich defender was doing, but uh, clearly not winning the ball. And Harry Cornick was tenacious, nipped in, got the shot away, takes a deflection, hits the hits the post, hits the keeper. Um, and to be fair, they were quicker to the ball than we were when it was on the line. So, Jason, agonising moments. Yeah, I think everyone just wished it would go in, didn't we? We were just waiting for the, the referee to run away. And uh, There was even that moment, wasn't there, when the yeah, referee did point back towards the centre spot and you thought, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> when your luck's not in with you, it's just, you know, other games that'll go in, wouldn't it? It'll hit the, hit the post and go off the keeper. Um, but that that lifted us again, didn't it? And the crowd got behind us yeah. um, even more. Um, and then you thought you just, I suppose in the end, you just didn't want the game to end because I think the longer it would have gone on, I, I reckon we would, have, we would have got something out of it. Um, so yeah, lifted, crowd lifted and you know, it was just agonising. Yeah, I think it was at that point, Matt, that I, I realised that we weren't going to win or weren't going to equalise. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was exactly the same because, um, as Jason said, you know, for the ball to hit the, the post, hit the keeper's back, but then just roll along the line like it did and not, you know, Taylor Gardner Hitman said in his his, um, his after-match interview, you know, they all thought that it would spin the other way and would go in. Yeah, mm. it, it kind of summed it up. But Cornick did well to get to get the shot away. You know, he, he anticipated the defender trying to do what he did, got in, got the shot away, just a little bit unlucky. But yeah, I, I was exactly the same thought. We're not we're not gonna score here. Yeah. When, when, when you watch it back, that it did roll across the line and there was a player not far away. And it Tommy, yeah. It Tommy, and it could have just spanned to him, but it yeah. just spanned to the defender that was there as well. It's just yeah, so small uh, margins, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, excuse the pun, but very Bristol City, I think we can say on that one. Um, and then there was the Harry Cornick long throw, I think, uh, which the keeper punches straight back to him. And then from his cross, it's another chance for Rob Dickey to get his head on it. And that one goes wide, Matt. But uh, yeah, I think that was the the last chance. And then we came to the substitution, Roberts off and and JJ on. Yeah, and and, and that that's the thing that, um, I've seen so many posts this morning and actually even on Radio Bristol last night, they were talking about, um, they even talked about conspiracy theories that um, going around the, the kind of press box that um, Hayden Roberts wasn't doing what was, was asked of him and was kind of taken off as a result. Hayden Roberts was injured. He got injured within a corner routine. Whether, I, I wasn't sure if he, he um twisted his ankle or done a calf but he moved across then from the corner really struggling then he started stretching it out then he got into his position and it sort of signaled to the bench to kind of give me you know a few minutes um but quite rightly we're trying to press forward and and you know get get at Ipswich you needed someone that was going to be able to do that and so they made the decision quickly um but yeah the amount of noise I've seen this morning about what's you know, um, Nigel Pearson doing it. He did it with Atkinson, chucking him under the bus. He's doing the same with Roberts. Nothing like it. The the kid was injured. And so we were trying to protect him and probably making sure that he's going to be available for the weekend, hopefully. Mm. So yeah, put that to bed. It was 
no conspiracy. He was injured. I watched him walk, hobble across the pitch from it. Thanks for carrying that, Matt. No worries. I was a bit <laughs> annoyed by it. And so yeah. much so that I actually went to phone Radio Bristol in because Gary and, and, and Rich were talking about it just to sort of make the point. Like, have you missed the fact that he limped across the middle of the pitch? <laughs> uh, but another another league debut um, uh, being given by Nigel Pearson. So that's uh, Joseph James league debut. And hopefully we'll see more of him to come. Okay. I don't know uh, much about him, Patch. Do you? What? So, as far as I'm aware, under eight, under predominantly been playing in the under 18s, um, right. and a right sided, right sided defender, uh, quite quick, quite uh, eager to get on the ball. So, yeah, hopefully we'll see that in the near future. Um, right, Matt, let's come to the ratings. Before we do that, though, we're going to yep. have a few predictions. So, six okay. six point zero zero, Jason, would be an expected Bristol City performance. So. Where would you? I mean, it's, it's the average of of the individuals. So, what's what score do you expect at the end of this little segment? So six. So what up to ten? Do you mean? Or yeah. Oh, so so, so, one, so six. Six would be you know the av- an average. What you can expect a player to perform at? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it doesn't always work out as a yeah. that's that's the team. But what do you think the average score will be? Is the is the competition here? We on whole points or half points? No, because you to two just to do two decimal places. We want that. We want an answer. What seven? So, so I'm going to go. I'll just give you an, uh, some you some go. some idea. I'm going to go for five point eight five. I think Mark Powell went for when I can find it. Dun, dun, dun. Similar, I think, wasn't it? Five point. Yeah, it was five point something, wasn't it? Uh, I think five point nine one, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't don't have to do some any quadratic equations or anything. Four, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Brilliant. So we'll we'll start off. Um and, and again, I think there was probably the score at half time would have been very different to the score at full time. So it's obviously it's on the whole match. It is a it is um, a game of two halves, Matt. Exactly, yeah. Um the first one we're we're gonna debate, and I've been debating in my head all morning. So initially I went five for Max, then I went six, and then I've gone back to five. And then you've gone seven. Because, no, 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 because for me, that turned out to be the key moment. Um, but you look at it and go, but he made, I mean, I think the save he made with his left hand in the second half was superb. Mm. The one from Broadfoot, I think, in the or it might have been Hurst, in the first half that he pushed wide was also good. So I kind of feel... Was it an expected performance from Max? It probably would have been a, a six, but as I say, I'm kind of, I'm in two months because I I do think he was at fault for the goal. Should have should have done better with the goal. So I'll leave you boys to decide whether it was a five or six, or you might want to go a seven. It's a six. It's a six for me um, because he, 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 as you've said before, Bentley used to make worldy saves. Max mm. does the simple things and occasionally produces a, a, a save like that. But last night, I think we saw at least two, if not three saves that were out of the top drawer. So f- uh, f- for that, it's a six for me. It would, it would have been a seven if you'd have kept a clean sheet. Jason. I think he's saving goals is what he's paid to do. So five. <laughs> five it is. Yeah. And that's, it's harsh, isn't it? But yeah. exactly, exactly that. I mean, fundamentally that 
that yeah. mistake was the key. The key just thing. A little thing on just a little thing on Max. Little stat. Ten years ago, I think it was at the weekend, he made his first first team squad appearance. Ten years ago. Was that against Brentford, did we say? Yeah, Brentford. Yeah. And yeah. Elliot Parrish was in goal, which I don't remember, remember a lot about. Yeah, yeah. Remember um, but yeah, he didn't make his debut until sort of three or three or four years after that. But uh, effectively, that was his first first team squad appearance. Can you believe that, Jason? Ten yeah. years. How old is he now? He still seems 20, like... 26, I think. 26, yeah, yeah. I think going on to keepers, sorry, let's change something. But um, it's it's just what we have in that position at the moment. And yeah. I'm not 100% sure what, what the cover is, being honest, because we haven't seen much of the, uh, the second keeper. Well, we've seen... I mean, we saw Badgick in the Lincoln game last season yeah, and it just wasn't... Yeah, debut that filled you with any kind of confidence. Harvey's obviously out injured, and they've got the lad from Forest Green now, haven't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's again we talked about it last night, Jason. There, um, there isn't for for me. There's not number one competition yeah. for Max. So when Dan Bentley was in goal, you you felt Max could come in and and fight for that number one. I don't. I don't see what we've got doing that. You only see Max probably if he has a really bad run of form or gets injured that you've then got to have one of those players. And I just, I just can't see that that can be a good thing. No, no there's no, there's no one breathing down his neck, is there? So no, doesn't put that added pressure on that yeah. you need in any position. Yeah, especially that one because because at the moment he's under he's under a bit of scrutiny, isn't he? From you know supporters, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm sure the managers sort of you know thinking. I know he stuck with him and made some big decisions with getting rid of Dan Bentley, but you know, it's it's only a certain amount of time that people are going to accept that, aren't they? Yeah. When he I came out and battered Hurst, I, I thought he could, because he landed quite awkwardly, Max. Mm. I, I yeah. suddenly thought, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I got to say as well, I thought their keeper was excellent. Yeah. Um, I thought on, on the ball, um, he just did not panic, did he at all? Yeah. Um, and it's one of those that, We've started playing that ball from the back where Max lets, you know, Kingy take it and put it across to him or there's a panic when we do it. Ipswich just seems so comfortable last night doing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, they little triangles, don't they? They just, mm, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. It was the same at Leicester or Leeds or both, Matt, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah, it was. And and a, a point to make um, around that as well, Patches, you know, we've, we've lost to... Um, Leicester, Leeds and Ipswich, for me, certainly the best three sides I've seen this season mm. by the odd goal. Yeah. So we're not in any way a million miles away. I, I do think the Leicester game, more than any of them, there was a, a, a real gap in quality. and But then Leicester are doing that to every team, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but we're not a million miles away from it. And for all of those that saying you know, and, and we'll we'll talk about the Pearson situation, but saying, you know, potentially we need a changed coaching, whatever it may be. With the amount of injuries we've got, to to still be putting in performances like that, it isn't all doom and gloom, is it? No. What got still got a plus goal difference. Yeah. Well there you go. Yeah. But you look at the back lads and I've just sort of written down you got Rob Atkinson, who yep. was was you know, he was effective, wasn't he? He, he was having a great season or had a great yep. season. Zach as well being away. Kai being out as well, Kai Naismith. Yeah. Got... And McCrory, Jason, yeah. there, you know, I think Nigel Pearson saw as being the best of his sort of summer signings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you've got five, 
And um, we don't look dangerous at set pieces at the moment either. And I think no. sort of written down, you know, why are we not dangerous at set pieces? Because you put those back in and all of a sudden you've got goals coming from other Well, hang, hang on a minute. I, I, I hate to, to tell you this, but we're the top goal scorers from set yeah, pieces in the that. division. Yeah, I don't know how. We could do more. We could do more. There we go. Yeah, we could. Yeah. We don't yeah. We don't look a threat necessarily, I do we? I mean, now Dick is in the team, it gives you a little bit more because of his, his height and Gardner Hickman's quality as well, to be fair. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Pringy, um, I went seven. Um, and even that one, I'm kind of, oh, I don't know if that was a six, but I do think the left side was the side that, that was causing more problems for um, for Ipswich, certainly in the in the, the the first half, it was a little bit more even the second half. Um, and I thought he defended very well against a really good player in that Jackson. Um, so I kind of went seven, but then thought, actually, I don't know, I think it's probably more of a six. It was a performance I'd expect from Cam. He didn't really... He's still not getting into the box enough for me himself, and and the, the crosses um, aren't there. So yeah, I, I thought it was a good performance, but I changed it to a six from a seven. Seven, yep. You're going seven, are you? Yeah. I thought I I thought seven for campering. Yeah, definitely. Same, okay. Um, Rob Dickey, I went seven. I thought Rob was was again um, very similar to the weekend. Um, I thought he did everything that he, he could. Thought he brought the ball out well. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I I really like Rob Dickey. Um, it's a shame that that Zach has been out because I think they could be, you know, a, a, a decent partnership. Hmm. Um, and then on the other side for Sykesy, I went seven. Um, I thought to start with, he wasn't, you know, necessarily in the game um, after that initial period, but then towards the end of the first half and certainly throughout the second half, I thought he was a real threat. Um, and you said Patch, you know, looked to have that extra bit of speed, um, was kind of right on it. So yeah, I went, I went seven, and he was definitely in my thinking for man of the match as well. Um, so that's the kind of the the back four. Um, then into the midfield, Jason Knight, I went seven uh, again in discussion for man of the match. I think the the way that he he puts his foot in and, and sort of breaks up play is is just excellent again a couple more goals from him i think we'll see a slightly different um jason knight as well but i thought he was excellent and then alongside him i thought gardner hickman absolutely grew in the game and and, and ended up being man of the match um i thought Deadpool delivery, but some of his passing, but his his energy and wanting to get things going, really, really like his attitude. And I think um, with Joe Williams kind of being out now, he's certainly probably going to have another couple of games in that midfield position. Um, I hope we don't look to put him back to right back to accommodate Sykes moving forward. I hope we, we look at other options. But yeah, I thought Gardner Hickman um, last night was really good. Um, can I edit, so, can yeah. I edit my prediction? Mm. No, you can't. No, yeah. no. Well, wait. <laughs> um, Matty James, I was disappointed in Matty James last night. I've got to say, I thought he looked tired. Um, for a, a period of about 15 minutes, I, I watched him really closely. Um, whenever he received the ball, he was either stood still or walking. There was no real movement from him. And I know Matt is not, you know, he's not a... Um, a, a quick player by any stretch, but he, he really just didn't look at the races last night for me. Um, so I went five for Matty. Um, I, I was disappointed in Matty James last night. I've got to be honest. Um, and that's, 
you know, coming from me where at the moment, Matty James, or up until last night anyway, Matty James sat top of our averages. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not critical of Matty very often, but yeah, I just didn't think last night. Um, there was one point where he, he also gesticulated across to the bench as if to say, and this was in the first half, you know, we need to change something because things just aren't happening. So, yeah, um, I went five for Matty. So then Andy Vyman, <laughs> difficult. And, you know, I, I would like to see Andy Vyman playing through the middle if we're going to play him. I don't think it's really working at the moment on that right. I'll be completely honest. I toyed with a four for Andy. Um, there was a, a period of time where I kind of was thinking, is is he even out there? I didn't see kind of what he was doing. I've gone five in the end, um, but I think he would be disappointed overall from pro- probably, well, no, I know he will be. He's a professional. I think he would be disappointed um, that he didn't have more of an influence on it. So yeah, I, I went five um, and I also went two fives for Tommy and Sam. Um, Tommy just didn't look himself. Sam Bell, the five might be slightly, slightly harsh because he did get in the game. Um, but I just felt the quality from from Sam was was missing a little bit. So yeah, they they were they were the three fives. Um so I don't know if you you agree or disagree there. Yeah, I think that's about right, right. And Tommy just did seem a little bit isolated at times. And yeah. I think uh we, we spoke about it during during the podcast. I think he just needs a bit more time on the ball to be able to exert himself we're so we're so used to seeing tommy play and with intent and trying to get get those uh get shots away but he just didn't have opportunities to do that last night for me no no you're right you're right and i think like jason said he just looked a little bit kind of kind of off it there so and that's why i, I do think there's every chance that he may very well be rested as a start on on saturday um so yeah so on on that basis um and i can't remember what scores either of you said, but that averages out at a six. Um, and I look at that and kind of go, six is, is what we would expect. And, and actually on the game, probably, well, I, I I did absolutely expect us to lose against Ipswich last night because of, <laughs> and, and, and the reason for me saying that is, I did absolutely expect I, us to lose I, I, I did because of the form that they were in, but also the injuries that we've got. And it is, at the moment, it is a makeshift side with, with not really many options where you think, they will absolutely come on and change the game. Well, so I think, I think a six is probably about right, especially with the second you, half performance. If 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 this was a horse race, yeah. uh, the the favourite would be Ipswich one nil. Yeah. Um, and as I said, we we were in the game. We started yeah. started well, finished well. Um, Ipswich had the quality, and um, and we we saw that, but by no means uh, nowhere near a, a disgrace you know there, no. there was a, there was probably a fear from some fans that it would be uh, a few more goals but as it, to, to, to the fact we are only losing by one to these teams as well it's interesting though because look and again obviously you know it changes games game but stoke where we played very well mm. and should have should have won the game let alone not get anything was a 5.73 and that was probably because of the way that the game panned out. Yeah. Rotherham, where we won the game, was 5.85. <laughs> Leeds, where we lost by a goal, was 5.71. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, now I've looked at that, I'm thinking, yeah, probably it should yeah, be a, but five, it's, it's not a, a per- five somewhere, it's, but it's not, no, no, it's, it's not. It's not a perfect yeah. reflection because, yeah. you know, you could have a player that plays completely out of his skin yeah. and gets a nine. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and, and the that's rest what it is. It's an average on the ratings, not necessarily 
yeah, the the the, the performance is it. So yeah, work, works out as a six. And what about uh, Nige? Um, I'll probably go a six for Nige as well. Um, because I I just I think his his hands are, are tied really with with the options that he's got available for him. Um, he just doesn't have the luxury to be able to make too many tactical changes and too many personnel changes, does he? So, um, kind of a, a, a six. And one of the things that was talked about on Radio Bristol last night was the situation with with Nige. Um, Paul Binning, the XR Robin, was was on afterwards. Um, and was sort of saying that it's unsettling. Um, a lot of fans that he would talk was talking to feel that Nigel Pearson won't be offered a new contract. Fans saying that you know because of his his um, medical condition at the moment that they would quite rightly wait until to sort of see how that develops. Um, but Gary Howes made a point. I'd be interested in, in in Jason's view on it. Gary was sort of saying that with the the transfer window in January. They have to have a decision as to what they're doing there because will players sign for a manager that may not be there come the summer? And we know that Tins is the one who does a lot of with the recruitment team, the identification, but fundamentally as a player, you you must look at the manager because he's the guy who's going to be picking the team, isn't he? So what are your thoughts on the contract situation, Jace? I think think the the big issue is the silence. And Mm. I was listening to Gary on the way back last night and um, yeah, no one comes out and says anything, do they? It's all very hush hush it's um it's a lot of hearsay of what uh, what the situation is and you're right you know if you if you were going to sign for someone and someone offered you a three year contract in january for example and the and your manager's the one that you signed for because yeah. ultimately yes you'll play for a club but that's the person that sold you the dream the manager's the one that you want to play for um so i totally believe in that that unless it gets sorted then it's really difficult to move things forward um, and people will be reluctant to come. So it's a fair point. And um, I, d- I don't realise why, I understand why the club won't come out and say much. Um, that's the frustrating thing from a supporter's point of view that, you know, we don't get to hear much um, from the owners a lot of the time. And I just don't think they're going to come out and say we're we're having negotiations. They'll come out and say once the negotiations have been concluded and he's doing whatever. Um, I just, yeah, from that side of things, I just... Yeah, but it's it's in the unknown, and people are going to speculate, aren't they? To, yeah. Oh, yeah. People will speculate. That's just, gonna, that's Don't just worry gonna, about that. Yeah, yeah we're going to talk about <laughs> it for weeks and weeks because nothing's going to be sorted, is it? Um, but one thing I did hear that you know, if, if he let, if he loses the next three games, it, does that make their decision easier to to sort of get rid of him? Would it be something that they would be doing this immediate? Well, if it's judged on league position, and you know, a, a a loss on Saturday and then a point the following week, they they could find themselves middle of the bottom half, couldn't they? It's so tight that league; it's it, crazy. It, it is, is, but you, you also that that has, the, the the injury situation has to be recognised as well. With that, you know, we're well, going I read to Cardiff at the start, didn't I? Exactly. You know, we're going to Cardiff on Saturday. We've just come on the back of a four nil. Um, I've spoke to kind of fans who are kind of they don't don't really know how they are where they are in the league because they don't feel they're playing that well. Mm. Um, but with our injuries, but I I do my my fear and, and I was talking to two two lads last night saying about the contract situation and both of them said love that you stabilised the club time for a change for me I want a young coach that is doing the coaching and so you know I think 
I do feel the vast majority of fans are, are fully behind Nigel, but I just don't. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not convinced that that we are going to be seeing Nigel Pearson as manager next season. I'm really not. Big right. thank you, Jason. As always, great contributions to the podcast. Yeah, um, really thanks. Uh, um, so you say you're going over to Cardiff on Saturday? Yeah. yeah. See you Saturday. Okay. Yeah. I'll see, see you over there. there. Looking forward to it. Right. Don't forget to follow us over on Twitter at three p i a p c. And we'll be back on Sunday. Take care, everyone. Oh, and by the way, Robin's reunited. Andy Leaning and Martin Scott was recorded this week. So I'm hoping to get that one out in time for the commute to Cardiff. Look, looked a good one as well, mate. So we'll, yeah, we'll save great. that for the commute. Yeah. Some great stories. Cheers, all. Take care. Good all. Take care. Show me just what I